Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by my free masterclass. Reduce your work hours by half without playing catch up on the weekend. So basically, I am giving you an opportunity to grab your ticket for a free masterclass. So in 50 minutes, that's five zero, you'll be able to stop overextending yourself without being racked with guilt. You will be able to create some space to stay on task. You will start saying no to requests. And I actually teach you how to do this. And you will unlock the secret to reducing your work hours by half without playing catch up on the weekend. It's a free masterclass. It costs you absolutely nothing. All the details are on my website at rawrawconsulting.com. That's R-A-H-R-A-H consulting.com. Or in the show notes, there's a direct link. Just click on free masterclass and grab your ticket. I can't wait to see you there. All right, Lauren Grace here and welcome to The Afterlight. I'm joined today by my guest, Jennifer Rose. She serves as a spiritual evidential medium, a spiritual trance healer, a transformational guide, a speaker, and a teacher. As a medium, the love, hope, and healing that is given and received during the connection with spirit is truly a gift and she feels honored to be doing this sacred work. She is passionate about assisting others in their healing journey and offering guidance to those on a journey of awakening and transformation. She works one-on-one with clients as well as providing group instruction. Jennifer is also fulfilling one of her spiritual missions as the host, creator, and organizer of For the Love of Spirit, an online spiritual service which provides different guest speakers sharing their wisdom, live spiritual music, mediumship, and group spiritual healing. Now, Jen is joining me again, A, because we get along like a house on fire. And so why wouldn't I want to invite her back? But because Jen and I have a lot more to discuss. Now for our listener at home, we have actually two other episodes together where we explored the world of mediumship. It is a fascinating conversation that we had. Our first conversation, we really talked a lot about what mediumship is and Jen's spiritual journey and how that got started. And then in the second episode, it was a lot about physical mediumship, which is absolutely fascinating. This conversation, however, we are going to be taking a bit of a different direction. So today we're going to be talking about developing your intuition. We're going to be talking about life as an empath, holla, because I that's me, and growing up or growing through rather the dark night of the soul. So Jen, thank you so much for being on the show again, my friend, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back with you. It's an honor as always. So I'm going to get right into the conversation because I'm fascinated to talk to you about it. Uh, For our listener at home, they probably know by now that I always like to ask people about their spiritual journey and how it sort of started off. But because you and I have already had this discussion, I'm actually going to kick right into the subject at hand, if that's all right by you. Oh, of course. Great. So I thought we could actually start today's conversation by talking about the dark night of the soul. And one of the reasons why I thought we could kick it off with such a light topic such as that is because I always am under the impression that when there's a dark night of the soul, the breakdown actually leads to breakthrough. And I know for me in my life, when I've had a a really, really difficult time, it has, you know, in hindsight, 
been the most liberating awakening experiences for me and of my life. So I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. Did you have a dark night of the soul uh, and what happened, or is this something that you just see happening in your clients? So love to hear about it. Um, oh yeah. Thank you. So um, when I first started my development um, as a psychic and a medium and a healer, um, I had a pretty quick spiritual awakening, which included um, the dark night of the soul as well. So, and I know um, a lot of my, um, you know, colleagues have been through that too. So it's actually pretty common with people once they've kind of sparked a spiritual awakening to have that happen. But sometimes people could experience a dark night of the soul that sort of triggers a spiritual awakening. So it can be a little different for every person. Right. So for example, would you say that a near death experience could be compared to a dark night of the soul? Or does it have to be some kind of traumatic, for lack of a better word, experience that somebody has in their life that kind of leads them to, uh, to finding themselves, I suppose, or heading down the spiritual path? Um, well, a near-death experience, I think, could definitely trigger um, a spiritual awakening, um, especially if you've never sort of been spiritually inclined before, because that's going to open up a whole new world for you. And then once you've had that awakening, then you might start going through that sort of transformation and process. So the dark night of the soul, like you talked about sort of the breakdown and the breakthrough is very much, you could compare it to like going into cocoon and turning into mush and then emerging out the butterfly. Um, so it's, it's very much like a spiritual depression, not the same as like a clinical or psychological yeah. depression. Um, it's very much of a spiritual depression. that's very symbolic in nature. Um, it's a very soul driven experience, tends not to be comfortable whatsoever, <laughs> no. but then there is that divine emergence afterwards where you're feeling much more connected. So mm. a lot of disconnection during the process, but a lot of reconnection with sort of the more divine aspects of you afterwards. I love that a lot. I know that when I had my issue, um, basically to summarize it quickly, I, I think I, I just got overwhelmed in my brain to the point where I was having a complete breakdown and not myself and just super confused, just trying to analyze everything. And I ended up taking a break from spirituality for four years. So when you were talking about the mush, <laughs> I, I just thought that's exactly what happened to me. And that's when I, I discovered Eckhart Tolle's work about you know, the power of presence and that changed my whole life and opened me up to a whole new thing. Now, when I think about as well with people who are maybe not spiritually inclined, maybe they don't really have a desire to pursue that sort of, I don't know, that, that direction or that faith. Sometimes I think it's because maybe they haven't needed to, maybe they haven't had a, an experience that really kind of kicked their soul into gear or, you know, really made them mm -hmm. question their reality. So I was just kind of wondering your experiences with that. Would you be willing to share a little bit about your dark night of the soul? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So, and I, I do think some people could, could just like fall into that, even if they hadn't ever been spiritual before. Um, but like what I can do is like share you like some of the common identifiers of what people experience, you know, sure. many of which I've also experienced, but the, the, um, the going through of that is, does have a uniqueness to each individual person and sort of the combination of things they might go through the length and duration, 
how bad it is, all that kinds of things. So um, like what you described is that mental confusion, really common, feeling very confused. Um, a lot of negative thoughts and negative thoughts can even be very dark and intrusive thoughts too. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, sometimes people say, I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I'm dying because it's it's got, like again, this is a very symbolic process, just like having a very intense dream, except you're sort of having this sort of different kind of dream within this physical reality. So it's like, it gets a little bit tricky when you talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, people can feel very lonely and disconnected. So you can imagine like very lonely and disconnected. They may not be able to feel their guides anymore. There's sort of that connection with spirit. They feel very kind of isolated. That's sort of that cocoon part. I think we probably had a very big collective dark night of the soul um, this last year with COVID because so many people were driven um, inwards. Um, uh, Easily triggered, lots of crying, emotional energy coming up to sort of be processed that may have been stored for later back when they were when they were younger. You may store store experiences for later when there's a more appropriate or safer time, more mature time to kind of experience those Um, energetic changes, mystical experiences. uh, even some physical pain because your chakras are doing all kinds of interesting things to um, feeling scared. Um, it can be a very um, sometimes even almost religious experience too, because then people feel like, where's God in all this? Where, you know, did you leave me? You're looking for that, that deeper connection to kind of like, where did you go? Like, even if it's your connection with my guides, like guides, spirit guides, where did you go? Loved ones, why can't I feel you anymore? Those kinds of things of feeling so alone. Um, The beautiful part is um, you can have some very beautiful mystical experiences with this um, where you know, you might at the, the end be have some visitations from spirit. You may be shown the true reality of who you are. Uh, and you might come out into the world with feelings of, you know, love and beauty and gratitude. And so feeling like that beautiful free butterfly, much more connected, you feel much more put together afterwards. So it feels a lot like an integrative experience. Yeah. Although I feel like that's kind of symbolic because I, I know that that each one of us, we have this, you know, physical reality and, but nothing is ever broken because the true nature of us is divine essence is we're divine God source being intelligence. That's like the true reality, but we're having this experiences of being something else. Mm. So it's kind of like an experience, if that makes sense, a symbolic experience. Yeah. Right. Are you sort of saying that it's not who we are because we would know that we're the observer and it's interesting when, at least in my experience, really kind of helped me to realize I am the observer, you know, the, the present is the only thing that matters, you know, all these sort of things It gave me a new perspective on my life, I suppose. Yes. And, you know, um, I know Eckhart Tolle talks about that of being the, the watcher of the thoughts too, because you, you, yeah. you realize you're not your thoughts, you're not your feelings. They're sort of being presented like you're, they're moving through you and you're experiencing them kind of like a movie a little bit, you know? And so um, you can have that with your spiritual awakening or your dark night of the soul, or if you've had more of a Kundalini awakening, that sort of 
dis disengagement a little bit or dis uh, from the the identification with the personality where you think that the thoughts and, and the feelings are all you like yes. you don't have any kind of like separation from that so when you become the observer then you're sort of aware that it's happening through you it can still feel very real though That's how, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm amazed I'm like boy divine intelligence <laughs> made this very believable <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you think that everyone has to go through this experience? You know, is it part of the, you know, having the human experience to kind of go through light and shade or break down to break through? I mean, is this part of our soul development? Yeah. Um, I think everybody's journey is a little bit different. I yeah. think everybody is going to be here and is going to experience some in some form or fashion, light and dark. Um, and that could be in a very sort of physical reality way, not in a spiritual way, because this is sort of an experience like dark night of the soul is kind of an experience of, you know, your darkness, but in a symbolic way. Um, and it's, you're kind of experiencing sort of like low frequency. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean you are low frequency. It's just, you're sort of having that experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's a way of sort of, but it's not the same as in your physical reality where you might experience actual things happening in your life, not working right. You know, like things starting to fall apart in your life and all of these, yeah. you know, bad things kind of happen all at once. And that yeah. makes them, people have depression or sometimes people have their midlife crisis. So everybody's going to go through something in a different way, but it's really unique. And so it's really kind of like up to, I would say like the, the soul self or the, the higher awareness of us, of what we're going to experience. We're just sort of not let in on it. Yeah. <laughs> the personality part of us is not let in on the full picture. <laughs> it takes yeah. a little time. What if somebody at home is listening and they're thinking to themselves, shit, I have not gone through anything like this yet. <laughs> Do you think that? Well, that doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean they will. It might yeah. not be part of their journey. So it's yeah. not something to worry about or something to fear. No. But what is nice is if somebody is, you know, kind of going through something you don't understand and they finally come across, a, you know, some information that gives them an explanation like, like this interview, then that could just be a kind of a lifesaver for somebody, you know, because when you first start going through a spiritual awakening, lots of, lots of things are changing in your life and in your reality. And it can be really confusing if you don't know what that is or what to do with it. So yeah. it's really hard. So, yeah, I agree with that totally. And you know, when you were speaking there, it was making me think that when you go through something like that and you come out the other side, you are changed. And you know, that means that, you know, like you said, your situation or your reality is now different. And that means that relationships fall away. It means that, you know, your job, you might no longer connect to. It means that the area that you live might no longer serve its purpose. There's a whole sort of fallout that happens from that very often as well. And would you kind of recommend that the best way to deal with that is to really just go with the flow and not necessarily resist because I'm not sure about you, but I think that sometimes, you know, maybe these things are brought on because there's a lot of resistance. And then there's a certain point where it's like the straw that's broken the camel's back, the floodgates are opened. 
Yeah, when people are in a, a spiritual awakening or at a dark night, resistance is kind of futile. Like, so that's kind of all you can do is surrender to the process and accept it. And it kind of makes it flow through your system a little bit faster and easier. Um, and there just gets to a point where like, you know, like for instance, if someone is experiencing negative thoughts, that can be very scary. They don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, you know, as a child, you were, you were not told how to manage your emotions, you know, and what to do with sort of what we would call the, the quote unquote, lower frequency emotions. How do you manage jealousy? How do you manage anger? Those things. So you're told they're bad. So you suppress them or repress them. Um, and then those start to come up for you, or you have these negative thoughts, but law of attraction has taught you negative thoughts are bad. And so you're trying to fight them with positive thoughts, you know? And so then you get to this point where you realize you can't fight any of it. Like you can't, you just stop sort of almost like, okay, fine. Like just let it happen because yeah. there is the, it's kind of like futile to try to resist it. Um, but that's sort of how you get to that where that point where you start to separate, become the observer of it, the watcher of it. So you start to realize it's not you, it's just kind of happening through you, but it mm -hmm. isn't you. It isn't yeah. who you truly are. That's actually a perfect segue into our conversation on being an empath. I was gonna say on empathy, but being an empath. So I know that for me, after I had my dark night of the soul and that took four years off any kind of spiritual exploration at, um, and, and just focused on the present moment. After I was able to come out of that, I started to recognize in myself that, oh, wait a minute, I'm an empath. And I started to understand a little bit more about that. And so I was wondering if you could talk about being an empath yourself, because I know a lot of mediums or maybe all mediums are empathic. You know, mm -hmm. how do you sort of define being an empath and you know, and then I guess eventually we're going to talk about understanding when you're taking on things that don't belong to you and all that. So we'll go there in a minute. But first of all, for our listener at home, how would you describe, you know, being an empath? What is it? Okay. So an empath or a highly sensitive person is somebody who is able to read energy very well and feel things very deeply, feel and think very deeply and have a high capacity for empathy. Mm -hmm. um, and they also tend to have within the brain, you see empathy lit up more during brain scans. And then the areas of like higher consciousness tend to be lit up a little bit more as well. So you're sort of born with this innate sensitivity that allows you to be more receptive to understanding energy. Um, you tend to have a little bit of a, a more of a softness to your energy field. You're very much using your clairsentience, which is a psychic clair or a psychic sense where you're able to feel energy. Right. Okay. So one of the things that I wish I had learned a long time ago was that this was something that was natural to me. Why is it mm -hmm. that it's not more of a common conversation and how common is being empathic do you think do you think there's a lot of you know undiagnosed empaths out there <laughs> yeah i'm i'm sure there are you know it's definitely um a probably a lower percentage of the population um, i do think it's been growing more because we are sort of shifting into the you know more collective collective evolution i'd, I'd say um, so I do think there's been an increase in how many 
uh, sensitive people are here now, um, you know, on the planet too. Um, but it's, you know, definitely a, a special gift that you're born with. It, it doesn't make one person better than the other, but it is one of your special gifts. Everybody's given a special talent or quality or gift. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it can be quite the superpower once, once you understand it and um, uh, perceive it in a different way, you realize like you have this source of getting in extra information, kind of intuitive information that helps you really navigate your life, you know, yes. and in, in addition to that, then you have that ability to be of service to others, which is very beautiful to most people, most empaths or sensitives want to be of service in some way to others, or they will end up in going in that direction, just like you and I. Yes. All right. So what are some signs that you are empathic versus just somebody who is maybe sensitive? Because there is a difference there. Um, well, to be empathic, if you know you have feelings of empathy, you're kind of able to put yourself in other people's shoes. Okay. And then, so that means you're able to kind of understand their experience and kind of sort of perceive what they're going through. Um, we tend to be very good at um, feeling what people need too. So there can be a little bit of a kind of shape-shifting quality kind of going on there because you can sort of feel what people need. So, you know, in your line of work that you do, and if, if you're dealing with um, different types of personalities, whatever your job may be, that does give you a benefit because then you're able to like, what is this person I'm interacting with need? And so you can sort of make those little those little adjustments and people do it without realizing it too, um, tend to be very, uh, you know, feeling very deeply. A lot of empaths will say like they don't like crowded places. They need time alone to kind of recharge their battery. Um, and um, they can feel drained really easily. And so that's where we want to get to sort of shifting the shifting sort of the perception and under learning to have more understanding of your own energy and what that is and how it works. Um, there tends to be a lot of um, assumption that when there's a change within themselves, like when an, uh, somebody is very empathic or sensitive, feels a change, they think very quickly it must be that other person that I was just with or that space I went into, I'm not necessarily. So we really have to learn to understand and feel our own energy before we can kind of make those assumptions just yet. Right, right. But if you're having a great day and then yeah. you go to the mall and you come home and all of a sudden you feel really upset, that could be a sign that you've picked up on other people's stuff potentially. It's possible, but until you learn to understand your own energy, you can't automatically assume that it would easily be, you could easily make that correlation, um, but correlation doesn't always equal causation. You know, they say that in science and we have to understand that within us as spiritual beings, we're always kind of shifting moods and our energy is always fluctuating. We experience a, a wide variety of of different frequencies. And so it could just be that we're tired, you know, too, that, you know, we just spend a lot of energy there and we're tired. So it's just not automatically, um, I must've picked something up and now I have to get rid of it. So that's why I just like to make a little bit of a distinction there. And I know that in a few minutes as well, we are going to talk about 
intuition and developing your intuition mm -hmm. tips and tricks. So maybe you'll be able to help mm -hmm. the listener at home sort of look at ways that they can kind of understand their own energy. One thing that I thought was yeah. interesting that happened to me the other day is I, I went to a local festival here and there was a young man like playing his guitar and he had his guitar case and a little sign and it was like 16 year old, you know, whoever, whoever playing his guitar. And as I walked by him, his two parents were sitting mm -hmm. there watching him and I was fine. And then as the moment I looked at them, I was so overwhelmed with emotion that I almost broke down crying with pride. It was like, I was picking up on the pride. And I thought to myself, yeah. I don't know how these parents are keeping it together. The way that they feel right now, I can feel it. And I guess for me, it was yeah. probably that I was picking up on both of them. So I went and I ended up mm -hmm. giving him money. And um, he uh -huh. said, thank you. And I couldn't even look at him because I knew I was going to cry, which is just crazy. <laughs> I'm walking by. There's like yeah. no reason for this. So after I walked by, I kind of did, you know, I was like, okay, just sort of breathed it out. And then I, it was over and I was, I was done with it. Yeah. But what I kind yeah. of realized is that I probably need to work on my boundaries because that was mm -hmm. crippling. I wouldn't have been able, if my partner had said anything to me in that moment, I wouldn't have been able to talk to him because of that emotions. So I was just wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah. How often does that happen to people and what are some preventative yeah. measures you can do? Cause yeah. yeah and that a gets lot. a lot, that gets a lot better as you just um, can learn to sort of like understand sort of energy. So what, what we do is, and I understand we're born sensitive or we're born empathic. So, um, but then if we've had any kind of like trauma or abuse as a child, which almost everybody has to some degree, it could be minor, it could be major, but it's still, it, it all matters. And so then you learn to feel out your space and try to feel out other people even more because you're trying to decide how safe you are in an environment. Okay. So you learn to use that skill that you've been born with even more. Okay. Um, and, but, and then you take that into adulthood. Unfortunately, kind of with that can come perceptions of fear or, or weakness or uh, feeling vul vulnerability, you know, to the outside world because of those experiences. Okay. And so how it, how it works is when we're feeling um, a couple of good examples is like setting, sending out these little energetic kind of streamers of energy or like they're kind of like octopus tentacles and you're and you're just going out and you're touching you're touching the energy it doesn't mean that you're collecting it it just means you're touching it and you're reading it so you're kind of feeling out right um, another way I've heard it described is like um, you know how bats have to navigate while they're flying and they're taking little snapshots of the environment so right. they know where to go so they don't like bump into a tree kind of like that too. So that's what it means to be like reading energy, right? Mm. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that you're collecting it or it's coming towards you. If we go into fear though, then we sort of bring our auric field in a little bit closer. And then the perception of that can feel even more, you know, than it was before. So I like to tell people, keep your auric field nice and expanded because that is your space around you so you can still feel like you're in your space right. which means you know trying to uh, not go into fear just even if you feel something that feels you know a little overwhelming or negative like you know maybe you picked there was someone had an argument in that area and you picked up on that you know so mm -hmm. don't go into fear because energy can't hurt you we're god's source beings 
we're made of God's source energy, right? And so there's nothing outside of you that's stronger than you. So I just like to keep reminding people of yes. that, no matter who you are or what you are, or, you know, um, there's just nothing outside of that. You know, a lot of the, the interactions people have with, with each other are very more on the mental energy level than they are on the energy exchange or physical energy, you know, level, whereas most people are assuming something's kind of being exchanged, like that person projected energy at me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, but just because you're like touching out, touching the energy doesn't necessarily mean you're pulling it in and keeping it too, right? right? So there's a difference. You see, I'm trying to make a little bit of a distinction. So the experience you had, I know it was overwhelming, but it's still very beautiful because you're experiencing yeah. this love that the parents were feeling <laughs> for their son, you know, this is very beautiful, but yeah, it can yeah, be overwhelming. Lot, yeah. 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 I know. But, and over time though, over time though, you, it does get better. Like it gets better to where, um, you can, what's a, what's a good way to manage it. it? Man, like manage it. Yeah. So remember, and a lot of, um, like we said, mediums, psychics, healers are all empathic, right? So if we're dealing um, with clients and we're having, you know, one-on-one -on -one time with clients, they may be coming in with lots of stuff. So we can't be scared of their energy. You know, no. we can't, we can, that's, that's not a way to, you know, be going in protective mode or all of that. And that's not really fair to them either. We want to, we want to um, understand that, this ability is, it really is like a superpower. It's a special gift that we have. Mm -hmm. And we learn to hold space, hold energetic space for them. And so it really means like you get into a space of feeling unconditional love and, you know, compassion and like non-judgment. So you're able to like hold space for that. And that's what is so, you know, nothing can top the frequency of love, right? Nothing can right. top that, you know? And, um, and that what that does is that impacts the energy around you versus it impacting you. So if you're worried about going to um, a situation where there's a group of people, it's like, you know, um, take some time to set some intentions before you go in there, get yourself into a very loving space, really channel some confidence, you know, like make an effort to channel some confidence, you know, kind of your inner superwoman or superman in you. So, and then you walk into that space kind of in a different mode. And that's really more of who your true self anyways. And then you, and then people around you are like, oh, look who just walked in. You know, mm -hmm. I want to go sit by that person. That person feels very confident and grounded, you know? Mm -hmm. So then you, you're more of an influencer versus the other way around. Does that make sense? Well, it kind of sounds yeah. to me like you're talking about intentionality and maybe setting some kind of you know, where you go, okay, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to be intentional about holding space. I'm going to, you know, be aware of my own presence here. So, you know, when you're doing that, I mean, I, I can't help, but go back to the, the boundaries or the sort of shielding thing. Cause I was thinking to myself that, you know, I don't want to feel somebody's energy all the time. And so maybe I do need to be more intentional about what I want to pick up and what I don't, you know, cause I know that someone like yourself, who's very developed, you're not, you wouldn't have your spidey senses on all the time. That would be overwhelming. And maybe you would be getting into people's personal stuff when it's, you know, they haven't mm -hmm. given you permission, for example. So does the intentionality yeah. kind of 
go along yeah, side yeah. with having a boundary or protection or shielding yeah. or something? So I'm, I'm a little bit different from some, maybe some other um, people who may be in this field is I, I don't really like the word protection because that has, um, you know, that has a connotation that we're weaker than something else. Right. 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 Or we need sense? to be protected from something. Yeah. You're right. That, the, yeah, yeah, you're right. I've never thought about it like that. Than us. Yeah. yeah. And so, and we are made of God source energy already. Everybody yeah. is right. And so how is anything outside of that gonna, gonna really hurt us, right? And so there, we have to sort of change our, our perception into a broader perspective of it. Wow. Now, what you can do is because I said, you know, remember from childhood, sometimes we, we sort of pick up the habit of feeling out into the space all the time. You, you have to learn to maybe set in, like you said, set an attention, like I'm gonna go into this, go to this fair, or go to this environment but I'm going to make an intention to really just be in my own energy, just be in my own energy today. Yeah. So that means you're not kind of sending out those little feelers or taking those <laughs> snapshots to the same degree. It's unconscious. So don't, you know, you want to like uh, blame yourself or anything that you're, it's kind of an unconscious thing, but it's also like giving you information about yourself and your ability because now you know like what a beautiful intuitive ability you have that you were mm -hmm. able to kind of like tap into that that beautiful love of a parent to their child too so um and you know when we feel a spirit for the first time we can feel that same flood of emotion that can be so overwhelming yeah. right and so yeah. I, you know, you may have also been feeling spirit in that moment too, because there is this oh. exchange of love, but also when we feel spirit, sometimes it can flood us with that love and emotion. And like, I've seen, you know, people and whether their development kind of like break down in tears because they've never felt that before, you know, yeah. that, that love, and that you know, it comes over them so much, you know, and isn't that a beautiful thing? And so, and you've got the music playing too, right? I'm, I'm assuming he was playing something yeah. very lovely, right? Yeah, I and can't so remember what got, song, but yeah, he was singing. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So spirit would have been there. Spirit would have been yeah. there in that, in that field, in that circle. And, yeah. and music is frequency. Music is frequency and frequency would, would attract spirit too, because, you know, we're all frequency and spirit's all frequency. So it wasn't maybe just picking up on the parents, but you were picking up on the whole experience of in the field of what had, was being created in that moment. And it's right. beautiful though. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Right. Okay. Okay. So I guess yeah. sometimes I do wonder what the point of it is <laughs> being empathic. Like, yeah. yeah, but what's the point? And, and, you know, I really like you were talking about holding space, space for people because I think that sometimes, you know, people do need a sounding board, but they need someone, like you said, to hold space, to hold presence for them so they can almost yeah. work it out themselves. And I suppose that's the role that a lot of counselors and therapists and mentors and mm -hmm. coaches and such can, yeah. can play. Uh, I remember one time I was having a conversation and, uh, with someone over zoom and I started rubbing my, uh, my wrist and they said yeah. to me, does your wrist hurt? And I went, Oh yes. And I said, wait a minute, does your wrist hurt? <laughs> they said, yes, it did. And I thought, Oh no, why am I picking up on this? So what would be the point of, you know, getting signs like that as well? Is it to sort of help the other person recognize that there's an issue within them or, it, you know, was I kind of 
not holding space enough that I was like blending with their stuff. So just kind of interested in your opinion on that. Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't see really anything wrong with that exchange. Like anybody was doing anything wrong. You were just connected at the moment. It was my family too. It was my family. You were having a conversation. Right. And you're even more connected because of that, because it's, you know, a relative and a close relative. So you're connected in that moment. So there's a, you know, there's an energetic connection happening and everybody's intuitive. So it's like, just someone just, they just happen to pick up on what was going on with your wrist, you know? (laughs) And, and also as human beings, we have a little bit of a, you know, kind of a mirroring, you know, and a, to where, when we're around people long enough, we can pick up some of the characteristics of them a little bit, like copy, like a copy mirroring thing. That's just kind of a, a thing we have too. And so that doesn't necessarily mean, um, but you know, some, an empath might see, you know, see that happen and go, Oh, I must've like absorbed that. Yeah. Not well, that's see. what I thought I, just, I was picking it, it up see for like a, a mirroring, mirroring thing happening too. Um, in that case, you know, because you're with a family member, it was just kind of an intuitive hit. So it's like, yay, look, we're psychic. Yeah. <laughs> How cool is that? We, we yeah. had a psychic moment together, you know, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like how you yeah. have this light approach to things, Jen. You're so, Thank I think you. sometimes we do take things so seriously where it's like, am I absorbing your pain? And I don't want to absorb your pain, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, maybe on some level, I don't want that person to feel pain. Therefore I'm willing to take it on Mm -hmm. for them, but maybe it's not as complicated as that. Maybe, like you said, there's a way of connecting. Cause I do know that when you're speaking with someone, uh, therapists Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, very often mirroring the other person allows them to feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, you can do that by slouching if they're slouching or swearing if they swear and, and things like that. Yeah. So I guess it's sort of the same similar thing. So, isn't so it? they're doing it kind of consciously, whereas yeah. the other people are doing it kind of like un kind of a little bit unconsciously and don't yeah. realize and maybe don't have the understanding of why that behavior just happened. Some people like they, they feel like it's a curse, you know, and it, and it makes me so sad because it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. We just have to, you know, change our belief system a little bit and have a greater understanding sort of of who we are, how we got that way, learn more about ourselves, the know thyself, right? Do learn to do some meditation, learn to do some grounding, you know, take some time to learn just to feel your own energy. So, you know, as, as mediums, we have to learn to feel our own energy so that we can distinguish when spirit has come in closer to our energy. So we really want to learn as much as about ourselves and learn more about energy as possible so that we have all of those tools and information so that we're not stuck at home trying to isolate yeah. ourselves and hide from the world. And, you know, we're not finite energy beings. Energy is infinite, you know? So if we get tired, if we feel drained after something, maybe we've just been emitting a lot of sort of healing energy because it was needed, you know, in that moment, because empaths tend to be very healer and they will be admitting a lot of like healing vibes. That's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing, but you can always go back do some meditation, you know, sort of replenish that. 
Um, I don't even like to use that word, but I, I need to use a word that people understand. But eventually yes. you kind of come to your realization that there is no separation. Like we are that beautiful energy that, you know, so it's, it's infinite. We're, we're a part of infinite energy and infinite, intelligent, very loving energy. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I guess that's, you know, like you were talking about earlier, being able to understand your energy and being able to understand mm -hmm. your energy mm -hmm. is also being able to connect with your intuition, right? And your intuitive signals. Yeah. So can we talk a bit about yeah. that? Definitely. Definitely. So what's your yeah. intuition? Is it your gut sense? Is it your heart sense? Is it your inner knowing? Is it everything? <laughs> it's all of that. <laughs> it's all of that. And it's, and it's also spirit, your own soul essence working through you all the time. Cause we're not disconnected from that. You know, we kind of feel like we are, but we're not. Um, so we're all naturally intuitive beings and we've all had experiences where say we think of something and then it happens or a person and then they call, um, but you can learn to, you know, develop that over time to where it's much more increased, you know, and so definitely somebody who is highly sensitive or empathic already has that gift of clairsentience, which is the ability to feel, to like feel like the emotional energy in spaces and with people as well. Um, and then we have, um, you know, our clairvoyance, which is our, um, many people have heard that word. Um, and I'd like to show you like how easy it really is, is like, so if I asked you, say, picture a box of cookies in your mind. Okay. Could you picture that? Or yes. picture a rose in your mind. Would that yes. be easy? You're using your clairvoyance. It's your I can do both, eye. girl. I love cookies. I'm familiar yeah. with what they look I know. like. <laughs> So you've already used your clairvoyance. The only difference is when we're doing psychic work or mediumistic work is that spirit is kind of putting pictures in for us to give us information versus our mind then creating that picture. We're getting those pictures like from spirit, either mediumistically or, you know, from the guides or we're, um, we're, you know, reading with the energy of the person psychically. And then we get the, the pictures that way. Okay, um, with Claire audience, that's our ability to have that inner hearing. And so if I, if you ever had a song stuck in your mind before over and over again, have you ever had that happen where a, a piece of music was stuck in your head and you couldn't um, get rid yes. of it? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> many times. So you're using your Claire audience, right? Um, and so then the only difference when we're doing intuitive work is that that's going to come from a different source. It usually kind of comes through the imagination portion of the, the brain, but it's coming from a spiritual source and they're giving us that piece of information so that we can um, um, understand it and how it relates to the client that we're working with, right? Yes. So we might get clear audience. We might hear songs that might be connected with the person. For instance, a loved one of them and them have a special song that they shared and maybe we hear it um, or we hear the name of the person or we hear um, other phrases or thoughts or things like that, that we hear using our clear audience. Um, and then we talked about their clear sentience. Um, so we feel we might feel emotional energy, physical, physical energy. So when I'm connecting with a loved one, I may briefly feel like um, health issues they had or like um, parts of my body that are contributing to how they passed, um, personality characteristics of them or like how tall, like I feel really tall, but because that's because the spirit person was really tall. 
right? And then that piece moves on and then we go to the next piece and all of this can be happening all at once. So it's really, really fun. And then sometimes you just know things. So if you've ever, um, um, you know, been looking for the answer to something and then just pops in and you have that finally you remembered it finally that aha moment mm -hmm. or if you've ever worked on a paper back in college and you had to stop and you had to kind of like you know be quiet for a minute so you could get the next few words or lines to come mm -hmm. to write you're using your like clear audience which is kind of like the, where the information just sort of drops in right. to your awareness like you just know it but you don't quite know how you got it you were not necessarily with other clairs it's almost like it just like popped in through the crown chakra and there it is for you so that's kind of like what channeling is as well where it's just kind of coming in they all have the ability to do things, these things, but we can practice them and increase them and enhance them. That's so good. Whenever I get signs yeah. or symbols or messages, I'm always like, thank you. Thank you more, please. Like message received. Or I give spirit credit for a lot of pretty much everything that I think of as a good idea. I'm like, thank you for that. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. 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 Keep it coming y'all. Keep it coming. I know. <laughs> So just before we wrap up here, Jen, because we yeah. are just heading to the end of our time, are there some sort of tips yeah. and tricks that you can offer the listener at home to help develop their intuition? Do you think it's important to kind of recognize maybe which superpower you have and develop that first? Or do you think it's fine to just develop them all as you go? Um, everybody's going to be a little different in how they develop. Um, one of the first things is learning to kind of quiet the thinking mind a little bit. It doesn't have to go completely science, but learning to meditate. Um, uh, most, you know, mediums and psychics and healers, we usually do some kind of what's called sitting in the power. And so what you do with that is you like imagine kind of like there's a, a light like in your heart space or in your solar plexus and you increase that light bigger and brighter and bigger and brighter and bigger and brighter so that you're, you know, all the way out of the room and kind of like blending into the everything, right? So you, you're expanding your energy sort of from the inside out and that helps you to be more receptive to spirit and then your own guides will come in and they will start working with you to help you develop those clairs and they will usually know what's kind of best for you. Um, that said, you know, you can study names. If you want to be good at getting names, you can study names with your clairvoyance, go out and go into nature, notice all the colors, notice all the intricacies of things. Um, there's so much to notice that we filter out. And that's really like kind of using that do artwork. Artists have great clairvoyance. So, you know, paint, draw, you don't have to be good at it. You're just using, you're just starting to use that muscle more, for, right. so to speak. Um, you know, listen to music. I love to tell people, listen to music, feel into the, the vibrations and the frequencies of the music, see how it makes you feel. It's okay. Some people like, you can listen to a sad song, but you really enjoy that experience because it's such a beautiful song as well. So it shows us what emotional beings we are too, right? So it's okay to have all of these different emotions and have those experiences. Um, so there's just like all kinds of <laughs> fun ways to do it and tying up with the, the empath thing is once you have a good feel of it, it's like, then it's like, okay, well, let's go 
let's go to the shopping center and see how each place feels. So let's go into this place. What does this place feel like? If I go to the back, does it feel different? Is that energy like feel heavier or lighter or denser or lighter? And then you go into the next place. What does this one feel like, you know? And so you become kind of curious, right? Because you know, like, no, I know nothing outside me gonna, is gonna hurt me, you know? And it's like, if you, if, you, if you need to do a little, you know, just do a little like breathing afterwards to kind of get that clear feeling, a little breathing and grounding. You can always ground energy down into the earth and say, I'm just ready to release anything I don't need. And just, you know, do it real gently like that, ground it into the earth, you're all good to go. And then, um, so that those are fun ways too, because we have to practice feeling, we have to practice seeing, hearing, all these kinds of things. So I hope that's helpful for so everybody. Helpful. But definitely, definitely like meditation, learning to um, learning yeah. to quiet the mind and expand your energy um, is is one of the most important things. So good. Thank you so much, Jen. Yeah. How can people get a hold of yeah. you if they want to know more, if they want to work with you, if they want to get a reading, they want to, um, you know, join your group. Can you tell me a little mm -hmm. bit about that? And then I'll put the links to oh, all yeah. those in the show notes as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, my website is um, www.mediumjenniferrose.com. Um, Facebook, I'm on Medium Jennifer Rose and Instagram, Jennifer Rose Medium. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, my friend. I know I learned a lot and I love talking to you. So thank you for coming on the show again. Thank you. It was an honor. Anytime. It was so fun to talk with you here. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.